Well, good morning, everybody. Hey, why don't you, uh, if you'd like, head to Matthew 6. Uh, we're going to be in some verses from that chapter uh, this morning as our text. Matthew six twenty-five to 30 will be the verses. And I'm going to get started by reading them here. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. This is one of my, my favorite sections of Scripture. Uh, Jesus says this, among many things in Matthew 6, the whole chapter is certainly worth your attention. But today, Jesus says this, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So today, as we consider this passage, we're also going to look at a chapter from Atlas of the Heart, this book by Brene Brown that we've been dipping in and out of, and we're looking at a couple of emotions or experiences out of her chapter titled, um, Places We Go When It Is Beyond Us, and we're going to be looking today at awe and at wonder. We'll come back to those two things in just a moment. But first, let's look again at the words of Jesus. Jesus is addressing a group of people who are worried. You also could uh, say anxious or troubled. A couple of things that we're quite familiar with these days, yes? So the crowd listening is worried, and Jesus teaches them and teaches us to do two things when our hearts are troubled. We are taught to look and to see. Verse 26, Jesus says this, Look at the birds of the air. Now the Greek word that we translate as look in this version of the Bible uh, can also be translated to observe fixedly, or to discern clearly, to gaze, or to behold. In other words, this is not giving something a passing glance, like you might say to your two-year-old, hey, look at me, eyes here, and they do for a hot second, and then are off to whatever they were doing again. This is more than that. Jesus is inviting us to Place a fixed gaze on the birds of the air. And I don't, 
I don't know how you do that without slowing down and then looking again and again, beholding. Then in verse 28, Jesus says, uh, see how the flowers of the field grow. Now, I'm not a biblical scholar. I don't have a PhD in ancient text, but I'm, I, I have issue with the word see here that the translators have chosen because the Greek, um, which you could, any one of you could Google and find out that the Greek here means to learn thoroughly, to examine carefully, to consider well, to contemplate. Our English word see, at least the way I use it, doesn't capture that. You know, a better word maybe might be ponder. Ponder the flowers of the field and how they grow. Contemplate them. Again, Jesus is saying, examine carefully. Look closely at the flowers of the field. Why does Jesus, speaking to an audience that is riddled with anxiety, why does he tell them to contemplate the flowers and behold the birds? I mean, come on. If something is causing you anxiety and worry, would it not be better to solve whatever is the source of your worry? Right? Isn't that what we tend to do? It's what I tend to do. That's my plan. If something is causing me worry and anxiety, I'm going to fix it. But Jesus says that perhaps what we need when worry weighs us down is a reframing of of our mind and a refueling of our heart. And now we are back to wonder and awe. Wonder and awe are cousins. They're related, but they're not the same. And uh, if you've been with us in this series, you know that one of the points of this series is to expand our vocabulary. Because if we have a really small vocabulary to use when we're talking about our inner world, our emotions, our passions, our desires, our longings, if all I can tell you is that I'm mad, sad, or glad, I'm quite limited in my knowledge of myself, but also in my ability to have you help me, and I'm limited in my ability to help you. So we're trying to expand our vocabulary, and these two may seem like the same thing, but they're not quite. They are the same in that they both arise out of an encounter with something that we don't have words for, right? Wonder and awe both arise when we're overcome by the size and the scale of something or the beauty and the complexity of something or when we experience the kindness or the generosity or the sacrifice of another person. When, when words don't do justice to what we are seeing, to what we are experiencing, we often feel wonder or awe. And so they arise out of a similar experience, but they're not the same. Brene Brown defines wonder this way in her book, that wonder fuels our passion for exploration and learning, curiosity and adventure. When we're caught up in wonder, 
we're propelled to dig deeper into something, to learn more, to explore it further. Wonder inspires us to wonder, right? I wonder why that thing is the way that it is. I wonder what causes that to happen. I wonder why, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. This is what wonder is. It propels us to explore, to look deeper. Maybe those words aren't helpful. Brene Brown maybe had a sense of this, and so she hired in her, for her book uh, an artist to draw what wonder might look like. And this is what that artist came up with. The top box says, um, I have to go and look here, yeah. How it looks, and it's a woman with a butterfly on her finger. How it feels, right, it's, it's liberating. It's, I mean, what would you say about that picture? It's freeing, it's light, it's, and then what it does to us is this woman studying a book about butterflies and caterpillars. Wonder fuels us to explore. It's in, it begins with something that's beyond words, a butterfly, this exquisite creature landing on our finger. And it feels incredible. The result, though, is again towards exploration. So maybe that's helpful. If you're a visual sort of person, that's wonder. Awe is, again, a bit different. Awe leads us to stand back, acknowledge, and unite. Think about uh, these here for just a second. There you go. Stand back, acknowledge, and unite. So when you are experiencing awe, you, you stand back, sometimes quite literally, have you ever encountered something stunningly beautiful, maybe in nature, and you find yourself actually stepping back to take it in? Whether you do that literally or figuratively, that's what awe inspires, is a, a step back to try and, and hold, make more room for this thing that you're encountering. It leads us to acknowledge, what Brene Brown is getting at here is it leads us to acknowledge this thing that we are experiencing and acknowledge that we are maybe not quite as big or as important as we thought we were. In, in, in the context of this thing that is inspiring awe, we get a sense of ourselves. And then... We unite. See, awe doesn't, even though it's something grand and amazing and beyond words is, is uh, happening to us, we're encountering something like that and we step back to try and take it all in and we, we recognize our place in it is quite small. It doesn't cause us to separate from this thing or from other people. It actually causes us to unite with. So here's how this graphic artist captures awe in pictures. How it looks is a person gazing up at the night sky. How it feels is, you can see a, a smaller 
profile of a person in kind of caught up in this massive expanse. And what it does to us is different than wonder. Wonder leads us to explore and to learn. I connects us. That's what the artist is trying to capture here, I think. To each other, it, it helps, helps us see the ways in which we belong, again, to each other, to the created world, to the cosmos itself. It's a uniting, connecting experience. And so they both start out of the same place, an encounter with something beyond words, but they lead somewhere else. And maybe one way to put it would be to say that awe helps to reframe reality. Maybe they both do that. But I want to focus on awe here for the, for the final few moments together. Awe helps to reframe reality. Causes us to step back, get a sense Again, of the world that we're in and our place in it. And this can be really helpful. Because often, often we need a reframing of reality. Especially when we're worried and anxious. You ever notice that when you are worried about something, your focus becomes very narrow. All you can see and think about is that thing that's causing you anxiety. And we get really kind of pigeonholed on that, on that thing. Awe does the opposite. It opens us up. It expands our vision. It pulls back the lens and helps us reframe reality. Which is not to say that awe just magically fixes everything or completely removes the anxiety from us. It doesn't do that. But it does help put it in perspective. And we see, again, that we are connected, right, to something bigger than ourselves. I think this is why Jesus is teaching us to look and to see the birds and the flowers. Look at the birds of the air, Jesus says. Behold them. I love that word. We don't use that very often. But what that word to me, not surprisingly, means to like get my arms around something and to sit with it and to bring it in close. That's the kind of instruction Jesus is giving us here. To behold the birds of the air. Study their color. Notice their carefreeness. Listen to their song. Why? Because it just might lead to awe and help reframe reality for you and unite you with the truth that God cares for you in the same way that God cares for those birds. See how the flowers of the field grow. Consider their striking colors. Breathe deep their fragrance. Contemplate their beauty and resilience. Why? because it might lead to awe, which could reframe your reality and help unite you with a God who knows your need and promises to provide for it. 
Again, these people that Jesus is talking to are overwhelmed by worry and anxiety. That gives me a point of connection with this passage. And then Jesus gives, again, I think this quite unconventional, surprising instruction. Don't fi- it's, it's not to fix the thing that's causing you worry. It's not to become even more narrowly focused on that. It's to <laughs> look at the birds of the air and gaze at and contemplate the flowers of the field. Friends, this is not our default move. This is not what we typically do, most of us, when we feel anxiety and worry. And so this is probably going to take some real intention and some real purpose on our part if we are to walk in this way. So, how about a chance to do that together? Um, On your seat are some hearts. When I was putting them on the chairs this morning, I said to someone, I felt like I was in a second grade classroom and we were getting ready to make Valentine's today. That's not what we're doing. Although, feel free. If you'd like to send a late Valentine to someone, go ahead. Hearts, because this series is, is about being and living wholeheartedly. We thought it perhaps a fitting thing. And what I want to invite you to do today is, well, to, to do one of two things. In these next few minutes, I want to invite you to either ponder and contemplate something that inspires awe in you. It could be a bird. It could be a flower. It could be a piece of music that you love. Anybody listen to music and just been like, whoa. Right? You stand back because that was incredible. Could be music. Could be a person who's been so kind to you and generous to you lately that you are, you are literally awestruck by this person and, and what they've done for you and been to you. So one option here in the next few minutes would be to take that heart and to write on it and to, to doodle about it, to draw if you're a drawer about it, this thing that Sometimes for you can inspire awe and to just spend the next few minutes reflecting on that, meditating on it, contemplating on it, looking and seeing it, and perhaps letting it to reframe reality for you. The other option this morning would be to take that heart and to write whatever comes to your mind that you are grateful for today. Because sometimes just gratitude itself can help to reframe reality. Sometimes gratitude itself can inspire awe. So, write, reflect, doodle, draw about this thing that maybe for you often inspires awe. That'd be one option. The other option would be to write, brainstorm, list, draw, things that you are grateful for today. And then if you'd like to come up here and to, with a clothespin, pin it to one of the lines and let it be our collective prayer here this morning. 
We're going to pray. This is what we're doing in the next few minutes. We're praying. It's not, though, with um, hands folded and eyes closed. Uh, It's praying by writing. It's praying by drawing. It's praying by reflecting. And so I invite you into this time of prayer here for the next few minutes. We'll um, do that, have plenty of time to do that, and then we'll move into communion together. So find a heart nearby. There are plenty around here. If there's not enough in your row, there are, there's enough in other rows. And let's practice together here uh, and invite awe and wonder and gratitude into this space.